The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this episode are that of the guest and host and do not necessarily reflect the values of sponsors or other associated organizations. Welcome to the Parental Compass presented by Family Education and Support Services. I am your host, Bobby Williams. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. We are on Apple, Spotify, whatever Amazon and Google have. We're on all of it. Exciting news. We are starting to offer the Parental Compass podcast as trainings for continuing education hours for foster parents. So if you're a foster parent and you're listening to this, welcome. We're glad to have you here. And there's a ton of episodes, so there's a lot you can learn from all these. Today we are speaking with Mike Jones. Mike entered foster care when he was 14 years old, and he's he's been through a lot. In spite of this, he's gone on to be a very successful adult. I've known Mike since he was about 15 years old, and I've seen so much growth in him. There's a lot of great advice for foster parents in here. Let's check it out. When I acted out, I I didn't have any parents. I had my grandparents that were looking after me, but I didn't have my mom or my dad. So it kind of just threw me out of whack. Um, I have ADHD as well. So I had these manic episodes that would just happen every once in a while, you know? Yeah. Um, So after a while, my family kind of got a little sick of it and decided to put me into foster care at the age of 14. Okay. And when you say family, are you talking about your grandmother or? Yes. Uh, My grandmother and my grandfather, um, they were looking after me, my sister, and my uncle as well. My uncle's the same age as me. Well, I imagine that first 14 years must have been pretty tough, like leading up to that or, you know, it wasn't just angry. There's probably good reason to be angry, right? Yeah, there was. Um, Also, um, I was the only black kid in a family of white uh, folk, you know, so we don't have we didn't have a lot in common with the people I was kind of growing up with. Mm -hmm. And it kind of I feel like frustrated me even more. You know, I felt different. I felt kind of like the outlier. You know, I never really saw the angry side of you that much. Like I remember doing the detention workshops and I can edit that out if you don't want the... That no, you're fine, you're fine. Yeah, but okay. um, doing the songwriting workshops in detention and you were sort of like back and forth with there too. And yeah, yeah, it just seems like a rough time for sure. Um, it definitely was. Um, and the reasoning was, um, the reason you wouldn't have seen my bad side really was because it was, uh, the music that we were doing really helped with kind of putting that anger and kind of flushing it through the music, you know? Yeah. So for people listening that aren't familiar with the Bridge Music Project, that's my nonprofit organization I run where we do songwriting workshops with youth. And Mike was one of the original participants in that group. How old were you when you started that? I was about 15. Okay, so right as you were doing foster care. And um, so, I mean, talk a little bit more. What about doing the songwriting do you think helped you? 
it gave me, I don't know, purpose behind what was going on with me. I could kind of finally put into words everything that, uh, that was annoying me about mm-hmm. life, about foster care, about being away from home when I was, you know, 15, 16, you know, um, being able to do music. It was, it was a way to express myself without having to um, act out or do anything crazy, you know? Yeah. I didn't have to grab attention. I could just do my music. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's probably yeah. a way to get uh, good attention too. Yeah. And I think sometimes a lot of artists have ADHD and you were always like particularly good. I thought like you had just good, like enthused energy that always translated to your music. Like even if you're still building your skills, you always had the like the positive hype energy that added to it. I appreciate that. Yeah. um, Music has always been kind of a core um, element for me. I feel like Um, music has helped me through so many uh, tough problems I've had in life, Um, even before the bridge. um, Honestly, I was a dancer at first. Mm -hmm. I I like to dance to music, you know. Um, In middle school and high school, I would take dance classes. I'd be on the dance team. I was doing everything, you know. But then I started realizing that I liked writing music as well. So I got into that and it kind of blossomed from there. Whenever I talk to parents, I say like the biggest thing you can do with a foster child is like get them into their interests. Like if you have something right. to be about, then that gives you like that sense of purpose. So I, yeah. I mean, I think that's more important than therapy a lot of times. Exactly. Yeah, um, any kind of hobby that these kids could be into, um, whether it be fishing or it's dancing like I was into, um, or even just um, like ice skating, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, getting into their interests, it can help them kind of deal with things that they probably weren't able to deal with early on. As a foster kid myself, I was very closed to all the families that I was going to. You know, mm-hmm. I couldn't open myself up too easily. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little harder to do that. Well, let's let's talk about the foster families a little. So you were in like multiple foster homes right or what was going on then when you were first entering foster care and going to different homes when I was first entering foster care they didn't take me too far away it was about Aberdeen which Um, is about like an hour from Olympia yeah still felt too far away though you know um I got to meet a lot of new friends uh the dancing was new for a lot of people at Aberdeen as opposed to uh Lacey you know Mm -hmm. because everyone had already seen my tricks every day (laughs) but Mm -hmm. Uh, when I was going up to Aberdeen, it was easier to make friends because I was outgoing. I like to reach out to people. Um, as most of people, most people probably know about me. Um, I made good friends there, but the thing was, it just didn't feel like home. You know, it didn't feel like it was Olympia where I grew up. Um, and so I wanted to come back. There was nothing wrong with the wheelers who I stayed with, um, up in Aberdeen. They were amazing people. I just feel like, um, I couldn't feel the connection because I felt like I was too far away from home. Yeah. I couldn't make that place my home, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so then what happened? So after that, I went to Olympia and I went to a place called Haven house, um, as you know. So Haven house is kind of that in between uh, foster home place. It's like a temporary, a temporary yeah. group home. Exactly. Uh, but the crazy thing was I went there a lot because as an older foster kid who was about 14, 15 years old, 
uh, adults pr- pretty much didn't want you as much, mm. you know? Mm. So I would stay at Haven House for a long time. Um, Haven House became kind of my second home there. And I felt really um, loved and uh, looked out for. Um, and it's run by staff. It's not run by the same people every day. You know, you have people clocking in shifts, clocking out shifts. Over time, I got used to it. You know, I got used to the shifts. I got used to the people and I was able to make friends. Yeah. And it kind of became a home. Well, so I, I loved it here down in Olympia. Mm-hmm. So um, every time I went to a foster home and I ruined that, I would go back to Haven House and so on, you know. So that was like the one kind of consistency you had. And I, I used to work at Haven House and I know oh, they're, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're very um, rigid about like structure and kind of you do this at this time and this at this yeah. time. And maybe if you have an unpredictable world, that structure can be good. How do you, important do you think like structure was in the foster homes you were at, like having a consistent schedule and things like that. Like, was that helpful to you? Did that seem weird or? Honestly, it felt weird at first. Um, as a kid who had pretty much never tried to follow the rules at all, mm-hmm. um, being pushed into brushing your teeth every day and then, uh, you know, basically taking a shower every day, you know, things like that, where you just, as a kid, you wouldn't think of it too much. Uh, it became routine, you know? Make sure you do this. Make sure you do that. You know, and over at at first, I hated it. You know, I was like, why are you making me do all this stuff? Why am I being pushed into this? But as I went on and did it, I noticed that it became more uh, routine for me. I would start pushing myself to do it. You Mm -hmm. know, I'd be like, oh, I forgot to brush my teeth today. Got to go back and do that. You know, and I'd start realizing that I was doing these patterns. And uh, I think it was for the better you know um because now i'm grown and i know to do all these things and i wake Mm -hmm. up in the morning i go i need to go brush my teeth i need to clip my my uh nails you know it seems like such a simple thing like brush your teeth but there's plenty of adults that just don't you know yeah or like making your bed before you go to work Mm -hmm. um these things um you don't realize it at first but start realizing that they actually have like deeper meaning kind of, you know, Mm. Um, if you're able to make your bed before you go to work, it's more mentally um, pleasing, I guess you could say, you know, because you're like, okay, I got my my beds made. When you get home, you look at your bed, you're like, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. But I mean, you go to work, you come back and it's a mess and you go, oh, it's a mess. Now I got to deal with this. It's interesting how much like your environment affects your mood. Like if your house is clean, it just mentally feels better. And sometimes you're like, you don't even realize it at the time. So, well, so you were at four different foster homes. I'm sure some were good, some were not so good. What do you think was working when it was going good? Well, you know, when it was going good, uh, what I think was working was the foster parent would try to would look out for me, but wouldn't kind of be overbearing, I guess you could say. Um, it wasn't like it was a punishment every time they told me to do something. You know, it was a reminder rather than a push. You uh-huh. know? Um, so I felt like I would be more helped. Um, I feel like parents that are more in a leader role um, where you're more like, follow me, let me show you how to do this. 
and then you can do it and I'll trust you to do that. Um, rather than, you know, do the dishes. Hey, I saw you haven't done the dishes yet. Do the dishes, you know, kind of mm-hmm. repeating over and over again. It, it annoys a lot of kids because it, it's just not their environment, I feel like, you know. Yeah. But when you can help them through it, say, hey, you know what? I saw we haven't done the dishes yet. Let's do them together, you know, something like that. Yeah. I feel like that kind of connection when you're doing chores or when you're doing anything um, in the house, it really does make an impact on a kid. And it shows that you're willing to work for them um, rather than just kind of push them by. Sort of like an attitude of acceptance. Exactly. Yeah. You're going through these tough times and I'm sure the parents probably wanted to help sometimes, but didn't know how to help. Or it's like, I can see, you know, my foster child is upset, but I don't know what to do. Like what helped you in those kind of situations? I feel like in those situations, what really helped was I got the space I needed. Um, When I got the space that I needed, I was able to kind of think things through a lot better. Um, And I asked for help when I needed help. Mm. Um, And when I didn't need help, I, I didn't like to be asked too much, you know, kind of hounded for answers like what's going on with you what's going on I wanted to take that step myself to hey I need some help yeah and so to have that power I feel like and to give that um, child that power to say hey I need help rather than hounding them for answers I feel like that really does help I remember you telling me once about like a really awful foster care experience or a parent being really uncompassionate Yes. Um, there was a time when there was a parent that was very uncompassionate. Um, I was a very suicidal kid um, when I was kind of in my early stages of life. Um, mm-hmm. And I had tried to hang myself a couple of times, uh, things like that. Um, and when I got to this certain foster parent's home, um, she had told me she, she had found out what had happened with me. And she had said something along the lines of, well, if you were going to kill yourself, if you say you're going to kill yourself, why didn't you? Um, And that really hurt, you know, Um, being a kid who had just gone through that traumatic experience, uh, being pushed and told, hey, you should have done it. It it wasn't very helpful for my uh, mental state, I guess you could say. And she was coming from like a total mean place of like, well, why didn't you just do it? Or she, she wasn't trying to be helpful. No, I feel like she, she, in her own way, she felt like that was going to help the situation. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like, but at the same time, uh, from the kid's perspective, who has not been really through, um, I guess, life as an adult would be, mm-hmm. um, it, it's not as easy to say, you know, it's selfish for you to hurt, hurt yourself. You know, as a kid, you don't see it as a selfish thing. You see it as, I just want to finish what's going on with me. And I want it to be over with, you know, because I'm hurting that bad. Yeah. But some adults, they view it as um, you're selfish. You would leave your parents behind. You would leave so-and-so behind. They would guilt you, you know? Yeah. It's kind mm-hmm. of an old way of thinking, I feel like. Um, and it's something that we can be fixed um, in these newer days of parenting and being a foster parent or being a parent of someone who is 
um, originally, I guess, uh, not uh, your biological child. Well, I'm super glad the hanging yourself didn't work and you're here with yes, us right too. now. <laughs> Most definitely. I know, I know that's a little dark, but I just wanted to make sure that I gave you the full spectrum of, you know, the situation that was going on. Well, that's real life. And that's the kind of stuff that people need to be he hearing and people need to be talking about. One thing that has always impressed me about you is your ability to just show up to work and be consistent because there's a lot of people who haven't even been through trauma that have a tough time being consistent in work and it's just it served you so well you know like you're working you're paying the bills you're doing your thing how do you think you got to that place when i got out of foster care um there was not enough um resources i believe for me, um, the only resource I really had for me was CYS, transitional housing. Um, so being a kid who didn't know I had those kind of resources, um, I went homeless for a while. And at that point, you kind of got to grow up pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have time to say, hey, you know, I want to do this and I got to do this or I'm going to go to so-and-so's party. You kind of just have to realize that, hey, I got to get up now and I got to get to work or I got to go to school because I turned 18 before. I graduated high school, so I had to go to school every day still. And it was hard, it wasn't easy at all. But I got up every day from the um, homeless shelter down the street. I, I stayed there a lot. Um, and what happened was, or I'd go to school, and then I'd come home or come back to the uh, shelter, get all my homework done, and then I'd go back the next day and do the same. And I'd shower actually after school too. Um, after that, you start, a, you start to get a, um, as we said, routine kind of going, where I'm constantly going to school and going home, going to school, going home without a home. I mean, obviously, <laughs> by home, I mean the shelter. And I'm starting to realize that I I'm about to graduate. And so after that, when I did graduate, I was able to apply that to my work schedule, you know, so I'd go to home, go to work, go to home, go to work. And it kind of became uh routine for me you know wow. and so every once in a while i get a break i get to do the bridge and i get to um, talk with you but i keep grinding every day trying to push myself to be better now i'm not homeless now i have a one-bedroom apartment and i'm doing amazing you yeah. know so it shows just how those small things can build into better um and greater things yeah just because a situation is tough doesn't mean you're stuck forever Exactly. Do you have any advice for foster parents or things that you think foster parents should think more about? I think foster parents should think a little bit more about what's going to happen after um, your kid leaves for those older kids that are in foster kid, foster care. Um, those kids kind of sometimes don't know what's going to happen next or they do and they just haven't found a plan yet. Um, I'd say sit down with them. Uh, try to see what they love. Um, see if they are a aquatics um veterinarian you know or something mm -hmm. along those lines you know just find what they they love and try to find them a career or a path to get where um that is and for the younger kids that are in foster care and the parents that are taking care of them i say uh just pay attention to their interests um that matters a lot um me being able to focus on music pushed me um to the point where i could be successful in life um, and it seems really small and it feels like it's nothing, 
or it's a phase, but sometimes those things can grow into, I mean, coping mechanisms that can help them throughout their life. You know? Yeah, it's bigger than just music, it's life. Exactly. Well, Mike, thank you so much for talking with me here today. And, you know, like super proud of you, man. You, yeah, you really are it. doing great. So just thank you for taking the time. Thank you for being so open. And um, we were glad to have you here. Of course. You have a great day. Thank you, Mike. Incredible. This has been the Parental Compass presented by Family Education and Support Services. I'm Bobby Williams. We'll see you next week. Peace.